This is Bangarang Radio, a podcast network. For more shows, visit bangarangradio.com. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza on Bangarang Radio. All right, I think we're on, right? Yeah, Mike's going. You're here. I'm here. We're ready. That's all we need, right? I'm Jacques Lamore. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast, tuning in, so to speak, to a certain degree. Uh, before we get to my conversation with Justin Courtney Pierre, that happened, I think it was almost two weeks ago now. Yeah, that's hard to believe. Had a great conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. But I do want to mention this week has been a little nutty here at Bangarang Radio. I've been having issues with our RSS feed, which is how our podcast gets distributed to all the different um, applications that you might be listening to. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn app, Stitcher. All those different podcatchers is what we call them. I've been having issues with our RSS feed this last week. I've been trying to get it fixed. So this episode is being released on Wednesday, October 3rd, which is today, if you're listening to this on this day, of course. Um, And as of right now, at this very moment as I'm recording this, the feed is still not fixed. I'm hoping by the time that maybe this is up, that it is fixed. Currently working on it right now with with uh, the web developers and hosting companies and all that stuff. I've been working on it for days now, and I still haven't figured out what the issue is. But anyway, hopefully our feed will soon be updating on, on uh, Apple and, and Spotify and all that. Yes, we are in Spotify as well, if you didn't know that. Um, but if worse comes to worst... You can just go to bangerangradio.com to listen to Pop Punk and Pizza Podcasts. I know so far the only episode besides this one that might not be updated on iTunes and Spotify and all that is uh, last week's episode with Matt Pow of City Mouth. I know that did not make it onto any of the other platforms, as far as I know anyway, because the feed is broken. But anyway, bangerangradio.com for the meantime, and I'll let you know on uh, our social media pages as soon as we get the RSS feed back up and running. So make sure you follow us. Um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is all at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. Bangarang Radio, both Facebook and Twitter is at Bangarang Radio. Hopefully, it won't take long for them to uh, get it fixed for me. All right, so moving on now from that whole mess, I am super excited for you to hear this interview with Justin Courtney Pierre. Both you and I know him for being the frontman of Motion City Soundtrack, who I have looked up to for many years now, one of my musical heroes for sure. So it was really an honor and a pleasure to be able to talk to Justin um, via Skype a couple weeks ago. So if you're not up to date on what's happening with Justin, I'll just let you know real quick before um, I play the interview for you. He's got a brand new album coming out, a, a debut solo album, if you will, called In the Drink, coming out next Friday, October 12th. That's via Epitaph Records. And so Justin and I, we start off our conversation with the end of Motion City Soundtrack, that final show at, at Metro in Chicago, and then we dive deep into his solo album, In the Drink. 
We talk about what to expect from his upcoming tour. All kind, We got into all kinds of stuff. I can't even remember it all, honestly. But what I do remember is that it was a great conversation, and I really think you're going to enjoy this. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Courtney Pierre. I have a funny story to share with you. Uh, to, well, this better be good. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you'll find it funny. Okay. Um, I We laugh, uh, me and my, my uh, former bandmates, we always laugh when we tell this story. Um, so 10 years ago, the 2008 Warp Tour, my band was playing the, Indi- uh, the Noblesville, Indiana date. And my the, the lead guitarist and one of our friends who came along to help us uh, that day at uh, that stop was carrying back like guitar gear and drum gear to the back to our van and as you know the the where they park the buses and the vans is usually really really far from the stages yeah and so it's super hot super sticky super humid that day of course it's the midwest and uh, summertime and apparently you walked up to them and offered your help and they did not recognize you or um the league my lead guitarist did not recognize you and he's like no we're fine we're cool dude thanks so much though and then once they got to the van the other guy's like dude you know who that was (laughs) and he's like no no who was it i was like that was justin from motion city soundtrack and the funny part is the lead guitarist is like a big fan of of you and Motion City, and somehow he didn't recognize you. It's a funny way of showing it. I, I that's what I thought too. It's just one of those stories. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I that uh, you know I just I spend most of my time on Warp Tour helping other people. Um, that's a lie. I don't. Rem- I, that does not not sound like me. I but, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I that's what they're telling me. I mean, it must have been really like brutal or something, because like, or I must not have been, because like I, I never left my, I never left the bus unless I had something that I had to do. Gotcha. Because if I did, I would end up talking to people and then I would lose my voice. So yes. So I kind of, I must not have had anything to do, and it must have been brutal. It and was. It was bad I, that day. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, a lot of days were pretty bad on Warp Tour. Oh gosh! In terms of like heat and oh yeah, a lot yeah. of hot days. Yeah, I'm having, I'm having flashbacks. Right? Yeah, I just I'm I'm starting to actually sweat thinking about yeah. it. Honestly, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're telling me that's how it went, but either way, it's well, whether it's tell, true or not. Tell me, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him straight from your mouth that. Uh, that, you, that he fucked up, but um, I, you gave me a chuckle yesterday on on Twitter with um, I was asking your fans if they had if they had any questions that I could ask you on the show today, and you replied with two of them, and I'm assuming those two questions that you asked me um, are questions you get asked all the time that you're sick of being asked. Yeah, I was just being funny. <laughs> Although I think somebody responded like, oh, no, really, I would like to know the, the yeah. answer to that. But, I can't, you know, you can't tell, like, tone or sarcasm, no. you know, with text. So I, I'd i love to be sarcastic. Oh, yeah, and that's how I, I totally... I how many people... Yeah, uh, that's how know, I took it. Pick up on that. Yeah. No, and that's how I took it. And it gave me a good laugh. So, um, mm. but... Uh, 
I, I would imagine if it, most of the interviews you do or in the past, I'm sure that's what you've been asked before is, how do you do your hair? How does it stay that way? And what was it like working with Mark Hoppus? I'm sure that was asked several yeah. times. And the answer to both of those questions is product. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. I like, well, that's, that's a good way to just simply put it, you know, yeah. so product. Exactly. Lots, of, lots and lots of product. So, um, so let's start with the beginning of the Motion City soundtrack hiatus or, or like the, the end of your guys's uh, victory lap there. Uh, <laughs> victory March. <laughs> victory March. Um, <laughs> in, uh, you know, 2016, September at Metro in Chicago, it was a, a, like a riot fest after show. Um, uh-huh. What was the overall vibe and feeling at that time? I don't know. I think I think I, I I've been going to therapy and I've learned that I I tend to I dissociate a little more than most people. I think everybody does that a bit, but I do it very well. And so I don't have like whenever there's any sort of emotion, I like override. And so I remember frantically going over the lyrics and the guitar parts to songs we hadn't played in a very long time beforehand. So I don't even know who was there or if any friends and family showed up. Like I just, I wasn't, I was just focused. And then the show happened. I think it felt good. Uh, But it wasn't until it was over and like the confetti came out. And I was just really happy that the confetti worked because we had, we had done confetti a few times in our, in our past and it had never worked out. Um, For one reason or another, things just always kind of fell apart. And so I was just super excited that we had, ridiculous amounts of confetti and that felt like a that felt like a win um so mainly i remember confetti uh i remember getting to play a couple songs that we hadn't played before and i don't think i fucked up too too much and yeah i don't know it just felt it felt like there was a lot of love in the room and then it was done and they're like okay and then i remember we all sat on this staircase of the venue and a bunch of people took pictures like our friends and family and that was it. Yeah, it was really weird. I'm thinking about it now. It's just like, wow, that was that was just just over two years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, so just was, pretty much to September sixteenth, I, I think. I think it was somewhere fifteen, sixteen. It it was probably yeah, because you usually Riot Fest takes place in like the second weekend of of September. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I mean, and that it, just happened. Right, it literally just happened. So yeah, it's been exactly or a little over two years ago so there was just uh, so much going on in your brain that you can just remember trying to relearn songs a little bit or just going over them and then all of a sudden there's confetti and pictures and that i mean it wasn't just like that but just thinking about it now it's it's yeah. harder what was happening i see i think i think i enjoyed myself but mm-hmm. i i never like i know this sounds like horrible um but for the most part i'm trying to do a good job. I think I'm focused on that more than I'm focused on enjoying anything. And it's not to say that I don't enjoy it, but I tend to, after the fact, think about it and go, I think that was good. Did I screw up? No. Therefore, it's good. Was the crowd into it? They seemed into it. Okay, that was good. Okay. And I kind of just, you know, it's 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 more of an uh, analysis after the fact as opposed to anything happening during it because I think I'm just so concerned about giving people a good performance 
especially uh, with that being the final show. Yeah, I didn't want to drop the ball at the last minute. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there was a lot of nerves and a lot of emotions um, all mixed up. But yeah, I think we all held it together pretty well. We pulled it off. I've seen videos from the show, and they look pretty pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, people were there to have a good time. Right. Say goodbye. Yeah. Or whatever. So, I, yeah. I was just re-watching some of those videos, and it seemed like, to me, it was a pretty good time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like a horrible person, because I, I just don't know how to, like... <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, I was I was just trying to, to figure off how, you know, that ended and, and how it leads into... Um, what's going on now? I think, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to think about that. I, I, I believe that all of us felt a sense of relief. I can't speak for anyone else, but I don't know, maybe not Matt. I think Matt was the only one who didn't, like, I don't know if he wanted to, I think he would have continued, but I think the rest of us just, we couldn't afford to tour, not not afford to, but like, um, from a an emotional and f- familial uh, way afford to be away um, as much as we had been in the past and it was just becoming too strenuous on our uh, brains and and stuff so I um, sorry I, I lost track it started no no over here no no uh, you're but good think the point was that i i know for me i was i felt the weirdness of like okay so now what we we planned this and now it's done now i don't do anything for a while and i just kind of i just did nothing watched movies played video games uh hung out with my kid ate a bunch of food just did nothing and then i think around the new year i had had enough of nothing and then i just started you know it was like cleaning the house picking putting things away going through boxes just all the stuff that I hadn't been able to do in forever. And then, um, yeah. And then I just had a bunch of free time. So I was just writing stuff and yeah. And it just, it just slowly kind of unfolded. I had songs that I'd been working on, new ideas that came to me. And, and I just had this idea, like, I want to see if I can write drums and bass and other things that I don't know how to play. And then I, I did that. And then I got a hold of Josh Kane because he he had been wanting to focus or shift focus into producing more stuff because he had done that in the past. And I thought, hey, how about I pay you no money to help me make a record? (laughs) I can do it for some money, but not no money. And I was like, okay, okay. So we worked out a deal. And then, you know, he listened to the songs. He's like, yeah, these are okay. Let's do them. And so we did. And it took us like seven months or eight months. It took us a long time. And then, yeah, it just it kind of just slowly happened over the course of a year between like recording it and then getting it mixed, having it finished. I met with uh, Epitaph, hung out in L.A. with Brett, and I said, does this interest you? He said, yeah, it interests me. Um, so it was really, I don't know, it was, I, I'm lucky because I already had a relationship with them. Right. But they liked it enough that they were willing to put you know, their name behind it. Um, and so, and so, yeah, and so that happened. And then, I don't know, I've just been trying to make as much art as I can and do all the weird stuff that I never did before. Not that I wasn't able to, but I just, with MCS, I think you have five people with strong opinions and 
we never really fully ever aligned in our thinking. We always had like camps. Uh, and, and so with this, I didn't have anybody I had to like check with or, you know, there was no checks and balances system. It's just me. There's no manager. There's no nothing. So I just kind of threw ideas at people at Epitaph and said, hey, can we do this? How about this for the art? How about this for the thing? And then, you know, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I just sort of would vomit all these ideas at people and then they would come back to me with what they like their interpretation of that and i'd be like yeah that's it and then i don't know so i've, I've just been doing that since march and now getting ready for the tour and um yeah as as i'm getting closer and closer to the beginning of the tour date i'm realizing like oh shit i've got a lot of stuff still yet to do <laughs> um but yeah i don't know sorry i'm I'm going to ramble and I'm going to go on and on. That no, that's okay. That's fine. You're 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 uh, doing great. You're doing great at, at what you're talking about. Um All right, just feel free to like shut me down or direct. Okay. Sure. Going way off the hand off the rails. Um what I was going to ask was when at at what point was there a certain time when you were just sitting at home um living the the normal life as I guess we would call it? Um, was it just like a light bulb that went off in your head at one point that was just like, you know what, I'm going to do a, a solo record. I mean, w- was there a, a certain moment in time where you remember you were sitting somewhere in your house or you were out for a walk or was it kind of like an epiphany thing or just did it eventually come to you? I think it just happened because I still don't know, like, I don't know if I like the word solo record, but yeah. I, I guess that's what it is, and I just have to accept it. Like, I didn't understand the term pop punk or emo or any, you know, whatever. It's just, these are just things that people use to help explain something. So I, I, I and, and I'm not, like, it is that. I just don't know how to, like, ex- accept it in my brain. But I think five years from now, it'll, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I did. I did make a solo record. Uh it's, it just takes me longer to like wrap my head around it. Yeah, it's it's got to be hard considering you were in Motion City for twenty years, and you know that's a band. It's not just yeah, Justin and I, Courtney Pierre. You know, well, I did a song for some friends a few years ago. There's a song called "Everything That Hurts," and I put that out after it had already been out for a couple years. I just put it out officially, just and I I, I just wanted to see if anybody was interested, and they. Some, you know, people were, and I thought, oh, that's cool. Maybe there is something. So I think that was a little piece of the puzzle and then having a lot of time on my hands and then just having a lot of ideas and it just all kind of worked itself out. I'm not a very good, like, uh, planner and executor of things. They just, things just sort of unravel slowly over time for me. Um, I don't sit down and come out with big, some big, like, master, you know, plan of or anything um so i think that's how it happened if i had if i were to guess but i also could be wrong because i don't trust my brain because <laughs> there's so many things going on um mm. so i want to know what what drew you into the certain style of like the is it the french noir is that what you call it of like french new wave new wave Mostly i'm sorry late, late 50s to late 60s i think that's just something I've been into, but I started. I got I got way more into it recently with the um, uh, the Criterion. Well, what is the? It's called. I'm going to screw this up. It's Criterion Collection got together with 
Turner Classic Movies, Turner Movie Classics, TCM, TMC, I forget. It's TCM. TCM. Yes. Yeah, and so their subscription service, Filmstruck, that's what it's called, and they have just so many more movies because I'd I'd collected Criterion Collection films on DVD and Blu-ray for years, and and then now that I have them all, (laughs) I don't need them, but... (laughs) So, so so I signed up to that, and I'd just been watching all these movies that I used to know, and then started seeing that there were way more, and started doing more research and, and thinking about it. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, there's just something really... I'm not a film scholar, and I also don't... Like, there are other people you could talk to that are going to know this stuff back and forth. But from what I can tell, what happened was Hollywood was making... There were these movies coming out of Hollywood, and they were influencing all of these people in France. And most of these people were wrote; they were film critics, and they were talking about how shit film was in France. And so they all kind of put their money where their mouths were, and then just decided to start making films. And and they were heavily influenced by you know U.S. filmmakers. And they did all this radical shit from like the 50s to the 60s, even into the 70s. But then a lot of the filmmakers that, like the independent cinema filmmakers from the US in the 70s were influenced by the French New Wave of the 50s and the 60s. And so it kind of was this thing that just like went back and forth, which is really cool. And and uh, I don't know, I think I, I learned mostly about this stuff when I was in film school in the late mid, mid late 90s. And, and yeah, and so I was just kind of revisiting that yeah, it was just serendipitous, and uh, this name Pierre, you know, has been like I—I I, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. Uh, the therapy thing comes into play as well, where I'm trying to hold, I guess, like not think so much, but feel more than think, and so I just had this idea of French New Wave, late '80s to mid like late 90s punk rock uh aesthetic um the name pierre uh and then all of the alternative for lack of a better word music stuff that i'd been listening to and consuming um since the you know i guess late 80s to late 90s all of these things were kind of swirling around in my head and then they kind of just it all came out this way and so I think this is the first thing that I've done or been a part of that where I had the idea as vague and as, th- as ethereal as it was and I and like every aspect of everything that I'm doing is connected to itself whereas before I think with Motion City we would have all of these ideas that weren't necessarily connected to each other um because we all had our own ideas if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I would say that's very accurate because it feels uh, in the drink, the whole record feels very well connected, and it is, it does. It's more about a feeling. It's not so much like what you're saying. It's almost like what you feel on the music, and even with the music videos um, mm. that you're doing. You know, I think I think it comes off just exactly how you described it. I think I think you nailed it. Thanks. So. Uh, yeah, because it's really exciting that like I shot, you know, some of the. The fo- like the photos that uh, that Dan Monick shot f- for this, 
and and some of the music videos take place in the same place and then there's different characters and different people and then what the songs are about and how they're represented visually it's all it's not like i've been telling people it's not like jj abrams cool it's not like fringe it's not going to blow your mind at the end of it but it is all connected it's it's more of a a, a, a what is that like a waking dream um like a waking dream i don't know waking i think dream? of wake waking life but like they they're just sort of these weird um fuck i wish i could like the english language <laughs> eludes me i can't it's ever okay i call have... upon the correct word that i'm looking for but i know it exists and it's there yeah I have this. Uh, I have the same issue a lot of the times, so I can relate to that. Um, but that's one thing I was trying to figure out with. I don't know why she ran away. Was just trying mm. to piece it all together, and um, I'll never tell. And I was going to say, you're probably never going to tell. You're going to try to let people, you know, figure it out for themselves. But either way, I really, I really enjoyed the the style of it and the overall feel of it are you talking about the video yeah and well the song too obviously um but i was talking about since we were talking about the the you know the french new wave and everything um in particular i was meaning the video yeah i think and shane shane nelson is directing most of these or co-directing them or i guess i am i didn't realize that i was directing some of these but he yeah he's directing all the ones with money and i'm directing all of the ones that are more like art installations okay Uh, but the like he's re- I mean he's known me for twenty almost twenty years and so he would just write in these things based on our conversations and things that he knows of me, um, which is really cool. So this idea for that video is rooted in some really dark shit as well as you know the fun stuff that you see on it's ah, it's really weird. But also I pitched him this. Screen, like I'm always writing well not writing but I'm always coming up with you know uh, I don't even know the terms because I just I'm horrible but treatments treatments like screenplay ideas and I kind of break them down and I, I'll, I'll come up with like a few pages of like here's what happens and this is and, like the scene breakdowns but I, I've never like you know anyway I pitched him on this one idea of like this lo-fi sci-fi thing in the vein of um uh da 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 um Kind of like Eternal Sunshine, um, Charlie Kaufman. But yes, Charlie. Yes. I, I still, I'm still trying to like work it out. But it's almost, it's almost a great idea. But right now, it's just, it's, it's okay. Um, and so we kind of used what's the we kind of um, cut off some of that. We used a piece of that, cannibalized that a little bit in this. But you would, you would never really be able to tell. But what's interesting is that we've been making these, you know, short films and music videos and projects. Like he shot all these, we shot all these weird uh, versions of movies for my wedding. That was his gift to us. Was oh, that my wife and I? Cool. So my actual wife is in the video, and then there's a woman playing a version of my wife in these videos, and then, and it's so it's it's like a weird thing because my wife plays. It says the other the other girl. She plays the one with a else. wig, right? Is she wearing like a blue yeah. wig? Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's in a couple of scenes. Okay. And then there's and then the woman like Melissa Pock we cast to play my wife in these videos. And so it's like it yeah, so it's very confusing and it's anyway, I've said nothing, but I <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, it's hard to talk about without like it doesn't. It's not. It's not like a big secret or anything. But it's it's just interesting that all of this we were able to utilize all this stuff from the past and as well as the you know now mm-hmm. and put it together in something. No, I'm I'm very fascinated with it. So just just to just to let you know, I think it's great. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so it's you know we're talking about in the drink and. Uh, I, I got a chance to listen to the record in full. I think it's a beautiful record. Um, you know, and the few times I've been able to listen to it and watch the music videos that you've put out so far, um, you know, I can't help but wonder, I mean, is this album like mainly about your journey to like reaching sobriety or um, is it just kind of a, a collection of things? I guess I especially thought about this with Shoulder the Weight, um, watching mm. the watching the video for that, um, and just the yeah. song itself. It's like, man, this is some this is some heavy <laughs> some heavy but, uh, stuff here, you know? Yeah, I think with Shane's so good because he'll throw this stuff in, and sometimes I won't even notice it um, because he, he kept pitching me on this idea of like these people in like hot dog costumes and and like beer bottles i'm like really that's kind of dumb and then and then and he's like no 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 dude just wait and then and then you know i thought about it a little bit more and i realized oh he listens to ev- like he remembers everything that we talk about mm-hmm. and i think i think some of that was based on a conversation i had where i mentioned that like yeah i used to do a bunch of drugs and drink alcohol and copious amounts and then i i gave that up and then i was addicted to caffeine like i just i just focused all my energy on caffeine and then eventually i stopped drinking caffeine and now it's like like food food is the addiction but you can't like not eat food so yeah and i think he took that conversation and turned it into something else now i see is there any i can't remember any yeah. coffee is there coffee in that thing no yet? i don't okay. i don't think so i don't <laughs> think we can get the costume but yeah the idea like it, you know so whatever he his interpretation of it is visually totally works for me but that's not necessarily like what i like about it mm-hmm. i think what i like is that it's this fun thing that you like uh, like the videos to me are fun but they're actually pretty dark yes. the material but then it's also there there's you know it's i mean that song i think there's a line in there that i was just so happy when i when I stumbled upon it, but the, I used to feel things, then I got older and I just, I don't know. That's like really funny to me. Yeah. Where does also, that come from? I mean, well, I, I just think it's like, um, I think it like, uh, it, it's several things. Uh, I think as you get older, sometimes you don't care as much about certain things that you used to, that used to be a very big deal, right? That might be growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, um, one of my favorite criticisms of bands is that, oh, they used to be good and then they started sucking by their third record, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing, which is true. It's like maybe I used to feel more when I was a fuck up and drunk, but, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. And again, I've said too much. Like, I don't like to really get into it. But but what I like is that there can be so many different, you know, interpretations of it, or at least that's how I try to write the songs. And and aside from all that we've been talking about, there's a fully other story here that I don't think anybody you know knows about. That's just mine. Um, that's also wrapped up in in all of this. So, so it, it, it's great because it's you know music can be very therapeutic for the writer, um, but also I think 
you know, to anybody who takes it in and makes it their own, it can be whatever they, you know, whatever they need at that particular time. Yeah, and obviously that's that's something that's that's beautiful, and, and you can you have every right to keep that to yourself, you know, as far as what what well, the meaning is, because it's therapeutic for you. And some return. of it is that some of it is that and some of it's also like not wanting to ruin an idea by saying this is what it is because yeah. you can't help but then think of that every time and what if that idea isn't as good as the one that you have in your head like mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of like ruins the experience a little bit yeah. so so i guess i'm i'm not being um withholding or whatever you want to call it because I want to you to think that I'm a genius because I'm definitely not I just don't want to ruin your own experience my, my experience with, like, yeah. dumb words yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that's no, that makes sense because <clears throat> it may be it may not be right but I, I I agree with you I I think it's it's good to I I've uh watched or listened to interviews with other artists that kind of they go by the same thing you know they're like they leave it to that person's interpretation because it's different for everybody everybody absorbs it differently so yeah and um, i try to give people like you know uh, at least a little something about it like i've I've mentioned that the idea of hold me down i came up with that because i I literally found a piece of my ex-roommate's math homework in the couch like months after she had moved out and i just made me think of her but then that that was like the catalyst that made me think of a whole other story. It just was like, boom, here's the story, mm-hmm. and then I and then I could write it about something else. But I don't think that that's the same thing. I don't think that's ruining anything. I think that's just an explanation of how an idea can come to you in a moment if you're, you know, open to it. Um, um so I'm I feel I don't know if this is. A, is this a concept album? I, I mean, it kind of has a little bit of a feel to it, but I mean, at I least wish. it has an opening and an ending. I feel like you know, Undone opens it very well, and then you know, um, track number ten, <laughs> uh, Good Night, and I don't even. I assume that's is that Japanese. Hiro Yuki. Hiro Yuki. Yeah, I think um, it's like John or something. It's really. It's not as like. It just sounds like it's such a badass, cool name, but it, I think it it's is. actually like John. Oh, it is. No, I'm saying. Are you saying it's John? No, I'm just saying that I think it's 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 not as like awesome in Japanese as it sounds in English. Gotcha. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I think. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to speak for anyone because I don't actually know, but that's that's the that's the feedback I've 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 discovered uh-huh. from um, one person who speaks Japanese. Do you? I was gonna say, do you speak any at all? I mean, maybe uh, you had to learn some doing shows yeah. over there. Hi. I can say yes and no. Yeah, I can say dai uh, dokoro. I think that means dining room. Um, oh God, I used to know way more than I did now. My wife and I went over there for our honeymoon, and um, I'd, I'd been trying to learn Japanese over the course of many years here and there, but I just none of it I could make stick. Uh, boku wa Justin Pierres. I can say my name is Justin Pierre. Okay. I know like a few things. I can ask where the bathroom is. I can say I'm sorry, gomenasai, sumimasen. Gomenasai, I think is I'm sorry, sumimasen is excuse me. Um, yeah, I know. I know very little. You have to apologize in many different ways. <laughs> yeah, for the the for the tourist, you know, aspect yeah, or... the lack of yeah, for the lack of respect. But uh, motion motion city 
you guys did shows over there, didn't you? No? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's my favorite place on earth. That's what next to my house. <laughs> that's what I hear. I seriously, I've never heard a musician say anything bad uh, from the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. or even, I guess, Europe too, um, has said anything bad about Japan. They just they say how amazing it is, and it's like the, one of the greatest places to play. Yeah, and just I mean, it's not, yeah, I just like I, I, you know, I've liked so many things about Japan before I ever got to go there. But then when I went there, it like. I, I've said this before and I can't explain it, but I remember, you know, being jet lagged, getting to the hotel, you know, dumping my stuff off and then like walking out of the hotel. And I think we were right. Well, the first time I think we were in Fukuoka. So I don't know that it was there necessarily, but I do remember being, once we were in Tokyo, it was that area where there's, I forget what it's called, but where there's like the bajillion crosswalks and everybody's going in different directions. That oh, okay. little area and i remember like walking out there and just seeing so many people and there's just all this noise and chaos and lights and it was beautiful and claustrophobic and i couldn't understand a thing that anybody was saying and it felt completely like i felt completely at home and it was so weird because that's like i i i don't like being in large groups of people or lots of stimulus it's like it it like hurts me it drains me Uh, but for some reason over there it it works yeah Uh, I guess it's maybe because it's new. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It just felt it felt right. Which is, it's like you can't, you know. How do you? I don't know. You can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to argue with that. I. Yeah. It's so it it made me want to, you know, learn the language and 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 dive into things a little more than I had before. Hmm. Um. Let's uh, go back to um, in the drink. So, oh, let's. <laughs> um, the uh, you perf- you performed all the the instrumentation on this except for the drums. But I, I yep. mean, you you wrote the drums. Um, you're telling me um, wrote. Yeah, I mean, David Jarnstrom definitely helped me finesse them. Uh, but he did stick to them as like some of them are verbatim, and some of them like all of the fills are his. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of it, like some of the songs I wrote out, like I literally did it hit by hit, just making up a beat and then copy and pasting that. Some of it, I listened to like songs and I thought, Oh, I think this is what that drummer's playing in that song. That's kind of cool. Let me use. I have the kick drum drum do this other thing. And you know what? I'll take the hi-hat out and I'll put this in instead. And so I would kind of, you know, wrote things that way. And then I also discovered the, um, and most of this was in Logic. And then I discovered the drummer, the Logic drummer. (laughs) And so I would use those to kind of like guide the idea. And then I think for, for for most of the songs, the drums were what they were. I think... I think the only one that Dave really, David really um, brought to life was in the song Sooner. I think there's a lot more of him in that. The bridge was me. No, wait, is that the one? Uh, I was afraid. No, okay, sorry. I'm trying to remember how that, I'm getting the songs confused in my head right now. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm learning them all, like like actually learning and having to decide like what part I'm playing versus other people. So I had to learn all of the parts mm-hmm. and I'm just a mess. Yeah. Um, messy. But yes, David David was the um, unsung hero of the 
well, fuck it. Yeah, he was the only other person that played on all the songs. And then mm-hmm. I did all the guitars and bass and a little bit of percussion, um, some of the harmonies as well as the vocals, but uh, did not do the trumpet. Was I was Juan wondering. Lopez. I could not <clears throat> tell. I was wondering. I was like, okay, is that an actual trumpet or is that just yes. like a sampled synth trumpet? No, trump, trumpets. Yeah, that's Juan Lopez from uh, Driver Friendly. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to... Th- think yeah and then molly solomon from communist daughter did all of the harmonies except for um moonbeam which was jenny owen young's jenny and i have known each other for years and i always wanted her to i was i always tried to write something for motion city that she could sing like we always wanted to do that it just never worked out um so i got her did yeah that's great what was yeah but other than that it was all me okay and what was the most challenging part about doing all the instruments for the most part um, getting together with Josh and actually working. Cause you guys would think, get together and just kind of shoot the no, breeze or I think we were both, I mean, there was no, there was no, there was no date that it had to be done by. So that's, yeah. that's why I think that was working against us because we were kind of, we're both, we're not lazy. I mean, if we have like deadlines and stuff, we'll get it done. But when you have no deadlines, I don't think either of us works well under that because we can kind of just put it off. So I think that, um, I mean, it's weird. It's hard to say because some days we would work for like six hours straight and then some days we would get together and work for an hour. And then some days, like we were literally recording this in um, several different places. And there was one place that there was a guy, there were like a couple bands next door that would play metal. And so if they started playing, we couldn't record anything because it was just too loud. Um, so that would kind of end the day. Or if we get a phone call that like, oh, I got to go pick up Max from, you know, daycare cause she's sick or he'd have to go pick up dot, you know, um, that would just kind of end the day. So it kind of, we were just at the whim of whatever would happen. Um, and I, th- you know, other than that, I don't think there was any other, I don't think there were any other real challenges cause I kind of, you know, I knew everything I wanted to do and then Josh made sure that we got it got it all the you know put it all down to uh digital ones and zeros and i would say that was probably a blessing and a curse at the same time because the production is amazing on the album and the performances are amazing and the fact that you could just kind of work on it when you're like okay let's get something done mm. and kind of free reign on it i think made it even better it's so strong and so full well thanks i think i think josh did an incredible job and i really hope that people hear this and decide that they should make a record with him because i don't think he's not he's not what's the word um he's totally affordable mm-hmm. you know i mean he gave me the uh <laughs> the friends and the, the friends and family deal sure but but and and also like we were just you know it was like i think all of us I can't speak for everyone, but I know Josh and I were just kind of like, let's just not do anything for a while post Motion City. Let's just like chill. And mm-hmm. so we were making a record while also chilling. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Just like kind of taking it easy. And so, so now I think we're 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 both kind of getting into like working again. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of yeah. But yeah, but if you know, I just want to say to anybody listening, like Josh Kane is a monster, and he will make. Like look him up because he's made a bunch of records and they're they're all amazing. And this one like had no money for a budget and it still sounds amazing. I also got to say that Mark McCluskey mixed the shit out of it. 
uh, and he makes the last MCS record, and he's done a bunch of a bunch of other stuff. But he, you know, I I got to say between all of these these guys, between David, Josh, and Mark, what was really great was being able to just reference other bands. And so with David, I'd be like, ooh ooh ooh, play this part like your Todd Trainer from Shellac, okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. just like that. Do it like that. And then this is more of a like Swerve Driver kind of thing. And and over here, it's like total Sonic Youth, you know, just like whatever. So so we would kind of have the shorthand where we talk in these things. And then Josh and I just grew up listening to the same music, and he knows I like a little more noise and chaos. I think, you know, I, I think he drifts more into like the the Shellac and the Pixies world and i drift more into the like swerve driver uh boo radley's like distortions swirling noise world but he he gets it and then mark also i think we're i think we're all kind of the same age similar age and so he got a lot of my references too and i kind of say oh yeah mix this like this and hey is it cool if we just like slowly increase the level of the output with each part of the song and then like i just kind of have these weird ideas that i didn't know if they would actually work and if they're cool and he'd be like yeah let's try it um so yeah again i think i i think i would like i guess this is my first time sort of directing everything mm-hmm. but i can't do any of this stuff on my own i don't know how to record a record or mix a record or play drums but i can at least direct other people to what i want and then they can you know take it from there and make it their own yeah and i think it, it was a great collaborative effort an amazing collaborative yeah. effort really um it turned out super super well i think motion city fans and then people that don't even know who motion city is or maybe they do and they never listen to motion city are actually going to love are going to love this record i hope so i mean i think it's a little more noisier than uh than in motion it's a little less it like perfect but I can't, that's kind of what I was going for. But it's it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's controlled though, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, not it's, it's too... supposed to be it's supposed to be a little more violent on your ears. I think at times that was mm-hmm. my thing. I, I kept telling Mark like, can you just make it hurt a little <laughs> bit here and there? Like I just I want the feedback to hurt your ears where it's like you go to pull your headphones off or your whatever, turn it down, and then it's gone. You know. And how did you achieve? You how did you achieve that that sound? what feedback yeah or, that, like yeah exactly because uh, i mean i think it's a combination between you know recording it and then and mark doing whatever he does to get it to sound that good well mm-hmm. i will say that some of my favorite like moonbeams the um there's like four like moonbeam and um and um and sooner i think both have these bridges with all of these swirling guitars in them and that was i i i think that the credit to those sounding as good as they do go to mark because he found a way to mix them it just so perfectly because i just had you know four or five tracks of nonsense mm-hmm. going on and then he kind of picked which ones he would put up in the mix and down in the mix and they would kind of go around and yeah so i those are some of my favorite moments on this record would be those two yeah, I agree. Right. Th- those definitely stood out to me. I was like, oh, I was like, that's really different, you know. And, yeah, I haven't uh, done a whole lot of that with Motion City. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we kind of, there was this song, I was really excited about it, but um, uh, Delirium, 
there's this weird guitar thing where I'm doing all these hammer-ons and pull-offs uh-huh. of the guitar part, and that kind of gets in there, but not. Re- it's not the same thing mm-hmm. at all. Never mind. Forget I strike that <laughs> from the record. Uh, no, you're all good. There's like a little bit of feedback on the ends and the beginnings and ends of them. Anyway, yeah. that's yeah. never mind. No, I know we could get all technical with this because yeah. I could be like, well, what guitar and cabinet and pedals and – Oh, God. You know, I mean most of could... it was – I do have – I've got a high watt – um, that I've been using on the last few tours, I started bringing it out again, but that it's just, it's kind of beat up, but I love that. And that's pretty much what I record everything with all the motion city records, at least from like, maybe from the beginning, mm-hmm. but yeah, I play out of a high watt cab cause that's what the poster children use. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, uh, I have two guitars that I mainly use. One is, and I forget the years, 70, 71, 71, 72. One is a Tele Custom and one is a Tele Deluxe. And, but I also have these new Telecasters that Chris Johnson from Twin Town Guitars set up for me for touring, which I'm going to use on this coming upcoming tour as well as all the Motion City tours we did, where he just guts out everything on the inside and then he puts one pickup in and it's just on and off that's it because i just i have acid sweat and i just muck everything up so we try to keep it real simple yeah um i use that and i think josh you know josh has sgs and i use some of his guitars and then my friend tommy rabine who's coming out on the tour to play guitars um he works for zvex uh and they make pedals um, guitar effects pedals and he um, he lent me all of these pedals that he had made himself as well as you know some stuff from Zbex and yeah and that's mostly oh yeah and then Josh has a um, we had, well we had a Vox cab too so I think between the high watt the Vox I'm trying to think if we used anything else I don't think we did I mean it's pretty simple mm-hmm. just kind of switch guitars and just turn the knobs a little bit yeah uh, to get different sounds but that's amazing. But yeah, it was very little gear, um, but it turned out pretty good. So now, what that tells me is like, I think I could make, I think I can make records, in inexpensive inexpensive records sound pretty good. Yeah, that's what so, I would say. I mean, and it depends. Inexpensive to me, coming from Motion City's world, you know, yeah. where I had, I spent about a tenth of the budget that motion city had on our last record on this mm-hmm. which is still like just came out of my own pocket i turned right. to my wife and i was like hey is it okay if i just set this money on fire and she's like yeah go for it um but luckily it worked out yeah and of course you're you're starting from from scratch too you know uh compared to where motion city was at when you guys you know left off you obviously been been around for quite a while so i mean you're not starting yeah. from complete scratch but you're still you know, your yeah, own I will entity. say that 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 I'm definitely starting at an elevated level compared to most humans out there who are just starting to be in a band. So I, I make make no mistake. I've, I'm I'm very fortunate that I have a relationship with Epitaph and that there is some name notoriety. Uh, but I also know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm I'm I, I you know in 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 planning for all of this and and figuring out what it all means. Like my expectations. I have to keep them low so that I'm I don't go into a, a wild depression. I would much rather be uh, amazed and overwhelmed than uh, let down. So I definitely like I'm still hoping that people come to see me, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that, you know they like what they see. Um, and I feel like you know 
people have been very kind on the internet, but I also think that nobody's going to take the time out of their day to say you suck unless they used to be a fan. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I'm sure that there are just plenty of people out there that think this is garbage. Uh, but they just, it's, they don't, you know, why waste their time letting me know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's... I have to operate from that point of view and then I'm, and then I'm, I feel like I'm in check, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's a good way to operate. It's uh, better to be safe than sorry. But um, speaking of the internet, you're so good at interacting with fans on uh, on the internet, I feel like. You're always replying to questions and tweets and stuff like that. Um, and... I have a lot of downtime. Do you? Okay. I no, mean... no, no, I don't. But <laughs> That's I, what I was I, wondering. I was like, wait, what? You have a lot of I downtime. Do, I'm trying to do, like, I'm... I don't really have a plan. So my goal was like, I'll just respond to everyone who writes me because mm-hmm. that, that, that might work. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's fun. Cause I like, I, I don't like, even after doing this interview, my voice is going to be shot because I'm like shouting into a, into a computer. Um, <laughs> and so I have to be very careful about how I use my voice and I'm terrible at it. So when I'm on tour, I don't talk to people unless it's between, the hours of sound check and the last note of the last song. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, I'm quiet until the next day when we do sound check. Yeah. And, and that coupled with drinking only water all day, every day, and then sleeping as many hours as I possibly can, that has been the equation that I've found that gives me the best results in keeping my voice and having a voice for the entire tour. So using the social medias, um, that's one way that I can actually communicate with people and it's super fun. And after my sister showed me gifs, gifs, gifs. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't figured out if it's gifs, gifs or yeah, whatever. It's just stupid. I, I just think it's funny cause it's dumb. Yeah. Like, people I, argue on, on like hardcore on what it actually is. So yeah. Well, no, no, no. What I mean is like just using them. is oh. just kind of silly. As, I love as using them. Well, what I mean is as a way of responding, I mean, I, I think I'm past the age where that, was a thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it took somebody showing me like, Oh, this is something. And I'm like, Oh, this is dumb. Let me <laughs> use this. Cause it makes me laugh. I'm just like, hopefully it'll make somebody else laugh. Cause it's just so ridiculous. So I just get a kick out of it because it's a, it's, it's a funner, funner, funner way to, you know, do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah. agree. Well, I get something out of it. That's that's important, I think, uh, for fans to know. If you know, maybe they see you out at a show, or they don't see you. I should say. I mean, you have legitimate reasons, you know, and they're not that you're not just blowing them off because you're, you know, an asshole or something. It's oh know. no, I am a giant asshole, <laughs> but I just happen to be a giant asshole who cares about the fans. Uh, yeah, no, I. I, you know, if, if time allows, I mean, this tour is going to be kind of crazy, but if I think, uh, you know, Chicago's the first date, so I'm probably going to be a mess. I don't know what's going to happen at mm-hmm. that because we, yeah. the way that the band is orchestrated, we've got four of us are from Minnesota and one of us is from Peoria, Illinois. Oh, well, that's not and too bad. So, yeah, but so we, and then, and then one of, one of the drummer, David's going to see, what is it? His girlfriend got him tickets for their anniversary to go see um, Teenage Fan Club in Scotland, like the week before our tour starts. Oh so, man! So it's like we're rehearsing oh. and then we have a week off, and then we start the first day. So I, I th- you know, we're gonna take up 
most of the sound check just like let's just run the set and just yeah. make sure we're good yeah. um so other than chicago i think i'm gonna try to make it out after the shows to mm-hmm. like you know nod hello i can you know sign things take pictures that sort of thing if people want that um but i just won't be able to use my voice yeah um, but I'm also doing, because a bunch of people asked for this, and Motion City had done it a few times, but we do this like VIP mm-hmm. thing for the show, and like a, a small number of people can come in and I'll, like, that's that's when I'll actually be doing a lot of talking, because I can't help myself. Yeah. Uh, I'll play some songs. I'm working on, I'm going to put this up eventually. I don't know when it's going to go up, but uh, I'm working on you know, giving people some stuff. I've got a seven inch idea that's being manufactured hopefully right now as we speak. Um, and just, I don't know, like I'm trying to take what MCS did and then up it a little bit more. Um, but with four less guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's exciting to see everything unfold. Yeah. And, um, I'm uh I bought my ticket for the Chicago date so I'm uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that um and uh, cuz I mean the last time I saw Emotion City was a while ago so okay. I'm I'm extra looking forward to to seeing you uh you know in, in this new path that you've got going on so, Right on I'm yeah. you know because the album only clocks in at 28 minutes I have um I feel like that's not enough that's not enough where I can be like, okay, good night. Yeah. I feel like I need to give a, a little bit more. So I've, I've, I'm trying to figure this out right now, but we've got, you know, there's this other band that I've got called Farewell Continental with Tommy, who's one of the guitarists. And so I'm probably going to play some of those songs. Uh, I've got this Rapture Twins project with Andrew Reiner from Game Informer magazine. I might do one of those songs, a couple covers, and then I'm also going to be doing a bunch of Motion City songs. Oh, so you are going to do Motion City. Okay. Yeah, but not in the way that I think anybody's going to like. Uh, <laughs> You're going to pick I, your favorite songs, right? Yeah, and also yeah, I, I got to figure it out, but like I well, not necessarily my favorite. I think I think what I figured out was like any song where I was sort of the like where where it originated from my brain and I brought it to the band. Mm-hmm. I feel like those songs maybe that's where I'll start from. Okay. And so like a song like Everything Is All Right, that was Tony playing no, I think it was Josh playing the guitar part in a room. Then Tony jumped on the drums and was like it was just there and then I just started singing and the first thing that came out was Tell Me That You're Alright, yeah, everything is alright. And that like never happens. But mm, that was a no. song where like we all just kinda like boom or you know josh will say here's the song what do you guys think and then everybody will write their parts around it like mm-hmm. i can't it just doesn't feel right you know yeah. i want to honor the idea of motion city not playing but then also fill time <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got time to kill <laughs> you know, as well it's it's a catch-22 yeah, i don't know so if i can make a few songs interesting like some of them people will definitely know and want to hear and some of them they might be like oh this is a deep cut mm-hmm. you know so I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm still in the process of figuring it all out. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, where do you start? You know. Uh, yeah. That's start tough, with man. the ones I can still sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Questionably. Yeah. Exactly. Arguably. Um. Do you, you have time for some fan questions before we go? No. Uh, sure. <laughs> um. And I know you already saw some of these because they're from Twitter. Oh, I started questions. answering them, and then I realized that, like, oh no, they weren't asking I gotta, me. Yeah, so <laughs> I got to save them for the show. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, because it's probably habit by now. Um. Yeah. So okay. So Pete wants to know 
um, you know, what your lyric writing process is. And he means like, do you do them before instruments, during, after, that kind of thing? Okay, well, tell Pete Wentz I say hello. <laughs> the as far as the process goes, yeah, it's always the music always comes first, but usually both in my own and with Motion City, um, if like somebody will be playing something, the melody just comes. Like it just always has for me, just boom, there's something is there. And I just start singing a melody and nonsense words. And then before I know it, there's a phrase that sticks or Josh will mishear a phrase and say, Hey, did you say this? And I'll be like, no, but that's way cool. Let me start there. And, and, and especially in the later years, I would ask Josh, I was like, what do you think this could be? Like, what mm -hmm. does this word mean to you? What does this phrase mean? And then Josh would give me an idea for like, what if it's about this? And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. I'll run away and go work on that idea. Um, so, so I've been kind of doing that more and more as I get older of like, just trusting that I know where it's going, even though I don't, yeah. but yeah, the music is always first, but the melody is like seconds after, and then the words can take anywhere from you know, hours to years. Mm -hmm. Okay. He also wanted to know what your favorite cereal was. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't eat it, but I, I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, you are in Minneapolis, right? I mean, where General Mills, isn't that where they make their cereal? I don't know. I mean, they used to, a fun fact, at the Mall of America when it first opened, I think it was when they first opened, they had a place where you could just go up and pour yourself bowls of cereal oh. in the mall. Just a whole area where you could do that. That's such great. a great idea. I know. I th something bad must have happened because they shut that down pretty quick. Oh, man, that's that's disappointing. Now I don't want to yeah. go to the Mall of America anymore. <laughs> yeah. I ne well, it's my least favorite. Well, no. I'd say State Fair is probably my least favorite place on Earth. And then my second least favorite place on Earth is... Um, Mall of America, and my third least favorite place on Earth is London, Ontario. Oh, okay. No, I'm not. I'm not sure about that, Ontario. <laughs> I think. I think from what I've heard, just craziest night of my life, of our life. We saw some crazy shit there go down, and then somebody told us that was an anomaly. But man, oh my god, that was a weird night. Man, um, sounds like. So we yeah, I, I don't like... want to talk shit about London, Ontario, though. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because you never know if you might be going there again. Well, um, and we might have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, true. Very true. That that seldom happens. Um, so <clears throat> someone was asking, uh, the real Reed on Twitter was asking what it was like to work with Patrick Stump and Fall Out Boy. And did you ever reach out to them to ask them to be featured on a song like you did for Chicago was so two years ago? First off, product. <laughs> and second, um, wait, did I ask... That him to be featured on, <clears throat> I, on a I'm, song of yeah, ours? I'm, or? I'm wondering if he's meaning like for this new record, like did you happen to reach out to them? Or or maybe he's talking about in the past? It, it, no, it doesn't I mean, make it clear. I don't know if he knows, but Patrick does sing the bridge of Everything is Alright. And that was me getting back to, like, because I think they asked me to sing on one of their songs. Mm -hmm. Chicago's two years ago. And right. then and I remember I showed up and they played me the song and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go over here. And I wrote a, I wrote the words real quick and I s s slammed them out. And then, yeah. And then I think f because our record we were working on came shortly thereafter, I said, Hey, we're in the same, we're in the same area. You want to come over and sing this? And he's like, yeah, sure. So then that was us like 
evening the scales. Okay. So that has already happened. Mm-hmm. Right. That's in the um, past. Yeah. Yeah. But I did, I did get coffee with him last. I hadn't seen him in a while. We made a movie together in 2008. Oh, wow. 10 uh, years short. Already. Yeah. I think eight, nine, ten. So somewhere in there. I can't remember what eight. I, I'm so bad at years. But yeah, and it like I don't know. Yeah, I don't I still don't know how he feels about it, but but we it just never yeah, we never really did anything with it. I think we all kind of were like, "Uh, eh, it's, it's okay." So did the movie uh, ever come out or No, no. Oh, okay. No, no. I was going to say yeah, like no. I don't remember hearing about this. No, no yeah. We just kind of we were like, "Meh." And then and like I hadn't talked to him in a while, but then we somehow reconnected and then I just happened to be in LA and we went and got coffee and it was funny cause we were talking, we were like complaining about things. Mm-hmm. We, we, we were talking about how we can't ever complain about things because anybody who would hear us talking would be like, shut the fuck up. So we were thinking about creating some sort of like support group for successful people so that they can complain. Uh, it just sounded so lame and dumb, but like, but yeah, it's just it was just funny because like it is funny. You know, we're on two completely different levels of success, but we're both like have had you know success. And it was just kind of funny to yeah. like to yeah. To, no, it is funny, especially um, everything is relative. You know, is. even if you're <clears throat> yeah, you know, Patrick Stump or me or mm-hmm. you know whoever. Like it's it it's we it's hard to remember. Another thing coming back to therapy is that. My therapist reminds me that like that it's important, like your feelings are important. And I'm like, yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, nothing I do or say matters at all compared to the atrocities that are going on in the world. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, but you have to also be kind to yourself. Yeah. You have to shrink your world a little bit, right? Yeah. I don't know. I still, I'm still, I'm still undecided on that. Yeah. That's a tough one. Um, Next one is Nata Latte on uh instagram is uh is asking if it's difficult to sing songs written from a different mental state uh does it impede you from moving on and growing past them uh that's a great name (laughs) yeah i like that the other um i would say i went through a phase where it did uh because i let it get to me Mm -hmm. and then now i'm just a really good actor um in that i can just I can go there if I need to or not go there, but look like I'm going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I don't think anything matters. I think I got really bent out of shape. Like even with, by the time we had even recorded my favorite accident, that relationship was already like three years old. So it didn't, I was like mad that I had to like sing it. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, Oh no, this is just a cool song. And I like playing this now. Yeah. And I just, I just, you know, you can either substitute someone if you're like super method or you can just play the song, which is, I think, what I usually do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just trying to play. I'm just playing the song, trying to hit all the notes. Um, yeah, you're not even you know. thinking about the the subject matter. You're like in your uh, form of, OK, I got to perform this as best as possible. Yeah. I mean, when, when you say it like that, it just feels like I'm a fucking robot. But well, I guess, not... <laughs> I guess part of that's true, but uh-huh. I, you know, it's like whenever you're performing for people, there is an energy in the room. So I guess, you know, there's something, uh, Kim Gordon's book was great. And I feel like after reading that, that got me excited about the idea of touring again and playing shows. Mm-hmm. And so I think, 
I think, you know, and I, I had done a little better in the last Motion City tours, but I think I'm hoping I'm going to go 50-50 on this tour where I will allow for some screw-ups in the name of, like, feeling it, mm-hmm. uh, but also try to keep it together and make sure I'm doing a good job. Um, but the – hold on. The answer to that question is <laughs> that, um, yeah, I think for the most part it's like I'm just going – I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to rip out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to fucking nail it and put on a good show and kick some ass. And like, I'm feeling things. I just am probably not feeling any of the things that I was when I wrote that song. If that makes sense. It makes sense. Cause Those you're songs. probably, you know, you're a different person when it's written compared to when it gets released yeah. and when you're on tour playing it and all that. <clears throat> Truth. Um, so Brian Burgers wants to know how often do you write about your life compared to creating a fictitious story? 98% of my life. Uh, <laughs> That's what I wondered. I, I was like, I, I don't know. Awful. I mean, how often you create fictitious stories. Yeah. I mean, it no, always I seemed mean, like it would come from you or someone in the band. You look at it, it it's things are, uh, changed in order to rhyme or fit better but the general sense of things is always coming from a place of truth um but and i think i'm one of those people that kind of writes this the same songs over and over in different ways Mm -hmm. i think you know to some degree uh but they might just be different points of entry on the same you know, in the same building, maybe, um, uh, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Just, just considering the, the little bit of songwriting I've done in my life, I feel like that's, I would say that's pretty, um, pretty accurate, you know? Mm. Um, and then (laughs) the last, the last fan question, um, is is would you consider a Motion City soundtrack reunion tour in the future? Yeah, I'd consider anything. I feel like it's it's probably a bad idea to say no unless it's to racism. Mm-hmm. You know, but like certain things, I think are yeah. I feel like I I've made hard and fast rules for myself only to find that like a year from then I'd break them. So I'm, I'm open to whatever, but I don't, I think, I think you'd have to get in order for that to happen. You'd have to get everybody on the same page. And I know that we've all kind of scattered to the (laughs) several corners of the, uh, of the U S. Um, but you know, never say never. Mm-hmm. And obviously, just, a c- couple yeah. of you are talking, so you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're not talking. We just don't. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we we were never like a band that ever re- like really talked much outside of playing together. So I know that Josh and I have become more friends now than we had ever been in the last ten years, just because we were so sick of each other and fought so much. Mm-hmm. Not like fought, but like musically. Yeah. It's just very draining to like have ideas and then somebody else has got an idea and you both think your idea is the better idea and then you kind of like battle it out. And then, you know, hopefully at the end, everyone's happy. And then just being around each other, you just get on each other's nerves. Um, 
but now it's like every time we hang out, it's good. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. b- before you're on tour, how many months out of the year? And all you have to, months. yeah, exactly. All of them. And so it's more like uh, a family member that you're always like arguing with some, mm. you know, about some things that are serious and some things that are just like so minor and minute. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it for the fan questions. So, um, I got five fans <laughs> there. <laughs> I kind of combed through some of them. So, um, you know, cause some of them He's were like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I tried to pick the best ones. Um, but, uh, because obviously some of them were like Mark Hoppus and the hair, how does he do the hair? And then, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, then the other one was, um, it was like a terrible, uh, it was like a pun on, uh, Oh, how many tiles were on the ceiling, you know? And so things like that. Yeah, that's, I, that's, uh, there's a moratorium on tile questions as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, uh, I just thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really, really means a lot. Yeah, let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah, I, I mean, if you called called me up tomorrow, I would totally do it again because there's okay because <laughs> there's always something to talk about. So and, sounds good. And there's so many other things I could have talked about too that we didn't even get to. You know, it's just it's endless. So uh, let's make this a let's make this a monthly or a yearly. I think yearly is definitely doable. I mean. Uh, if if you're not kidding, you could definitely come on here once a year. I would be totally down for that. We have our annual Justin Courtney Pierre visit. Okay. So, yeah, I would be All right. I would be down for that. So, um anything else you want to add before before we wrap wrap up today? Um No, no. I can't can't <laughs> think of anything. I mean, I just want people to know that I am going on tour if you want to see rock and roll music. Um Lots of guitars, feedback, noise, chaos, fun. Uh, that's in November, December. You can go to justincourtneypierre.com to find all of this stuff. All of the things, all of the stuff. And there's lots and of the, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff and things. You know, listen, listen. Even, you know, I think in this day and age you can stream stuff anywhere. So feel free to check it out and decide whether it's good or garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are, that's, I guess that's all I can ask. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. thanks again, man, and uh, look forward to seeing you the day after uh, Halloween of all days. No, in Chicago. No. Are you guys going to be celebrating still? You think for we that first are... show? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, That's a possibility. Okay. Probably not. I just, I literally had not thought about it. Yeah, I've been thinking about so many other things. That's not really high on my. Right, just, you've got. I just had really thought about it. Yeah, because you got that's all these idea. music videos you're working on, and and however it's many kinda, other it's things. It's kind of cheating, though, isn't it? It's not. It's not how. It's so not. It's but okay, I mean, I guess if you go the religious route, it's All Saints Day, um, on November. So we got to dress up like saints. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be Saint Francis of Assisi because that motherfucker <laughs> dug animals from what I hear. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, um, I don't know all my saints. Um, but uh, I always consider that like the religious Halloween, you know. Religious like, Halloween. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know, but oh, it's not as fun as dressing up. But... No, it's not. But I don't know. I feel like you still could. It's only the day after Halloween, and you know people love the the hell out of Halloween. So you know. Well, I'll send it up to the top brass, and we'll see if they get back to us. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But either way, 
It's going to be a right. hell of an awesome show. I hope so. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. All man, right. So. All right. Thank you so much. Cool. I'll talk to yep. you later. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right. Bye. Extra special thank you once again to Justin Courtney Pierre for being on the podcast today and to his wonderful publicist, Michelle from Epitaph Records. She has been so wonderful and uh, she was wonderful setting up the interview and also with uh, everything else that comes along with it. So Michelle Stevens from Epitaph, thank you once again for uh, everything you did on your end to make this possible. So in the drink... Justin's debut album coming out next Friday, October 12th via Epitaph Records. Go to justincourtneypierre.com. You can still pre-order that. And don't forget his fall tour starting November 1st and kicking off in Chicago. If you're going to that one, hey, hit me up on social media and let me know because I am definitely going to be there. Um, Socials, by the way, uh, Pop Punk Pizza Pod. That's all Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, I'm also, my, uh, my personal Twitter is on air with JL. But let me know if you're going to that show. Maybe we can hang out and uh, sing along to Justin's songs and, and um, of course, Motion City soundtrack songs as well. You heard in the interview that he's trying to figure out which ones he is going to play. And I'm sure that's going to be a, a tall order to uh, to figure out. So, anyway, so justincourtneypierre.com for all that stuff. Support Justin, and as I said in the interview, I think Motion City soundtrack fans are really going to love this record, and fans that, um, and people that aren't even fans of Motion City, I think will really, really like this record. Honestly, I went ahead and I listened to it a, a couple more times since the interview, and I I can't get enough of it. Honestly, it's it's got a little bit of everything in it, so that's why I'm saying I, I think you're really going to enjoy in the drink when it comes out so that's it for today's show i'm jacques lamore your host and really seriously from the bottom of my heart thank you for supporting and listening to this podcast as i mentioned just a couple minutes ago follow us on social media to keep up to date on everything that's uh, happening here on the podcast of course i i try as much as possible to keep you up to date on different bands in the scene as well so pop punk pizza pod facebook twitter and instagram I'm on Twitter at OnAirWithJL. The Bangarang Radio pages, Twitter and Facebook is at Bangarang Radio. And let's say you're in a band, or maybe you're a publicist, or you're a manager of a band, whatever it may be, and you're interested in being on the show or having your music played on the show, shoot me an email, BangarangRadio at gmail.com. Send me links to your music, EPKs, pictures videos just as much information about your band as possible i'll check you out see if uh, i like what i hear like what i see and uh i'll get back to you and see if we can get you on the show at some point in the future the the shows have been really um a different uh i'm 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 working really far ahead as far as future podcasts go and there's been a lot uh coming up a lot of people have been reaching out to me so seriously thank you for that Uh, i've come across some really great bands so um so yeah just make sure you follow us on social media to keep up to date on everything that's going on and who our next guest is going to be all right have a great week we'll be back uh here next week hey hello it's nice to meet you hey come in and have a slice of pizza hey hello it's nice to meet you hey come in and have a slice of pizza 